and welcome to the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast. I'm Managing Editor Joe Abraham, and here are some of this week's top stories. Weeks of negotiations, discussions, and debate came to a close last Thursday when legislators unanimously passed a resolution that addresses assistant district attorney salaries and issues of manpower the district attorney's office currently faces. Liberty Police Chief Stephen Degada, Fallsburg Police Chief Simi Williams, Under Sheriff Eric Shibodi, Monticello PD Lieutenant Bill Goble, retired Sullivan County Supreme Court Appellate Division Justice Honorary Tony Kane, former Sullivan County District Attorney Steve Lungeon, and local attorney Ed Cook were among those present in support of District Attorney Megan Galligan last Thursday. There was a tense exchange between Galligan and Legislative Chair Rob Doherty when she approached the podium in case she was needed for discussion on the resolution. The chairman said discussion would only be amongst legislators at that point. However, after several legislators said they wanted to afford her the opportunity to speak, Galligan was able to address the resolution. Galligan told legislators that she was, quote, outraged that the elected district attorney has been denied an opportunity to have input to this legislature on a resolution, citing past examples when department heads have been allowed to do so. Following additional discussion, the only change legislators made to the resolution was the removal of the words cost of living from a paragraph that now reads, resolved, that adjustments to anticipated steps in senior district attorney salaries will be fixed by yearly budget appropriation or other resolution of the legislature. Galligan recently told legislators that she was not asking them to guarantee the implementation of cost of living adjustments, but did ask for a commitment from them to have a conversation in the future. Majority Leader and Legislator Alan Sorensen suggested the amendment to the resolution because they, the legislature, have affirmed that commitment to the district attorney. Sorensen also personally reaffirmed it. Aside from that change, as the Democrat previously reported, the resolution creates a two-tier system for the office's eight ADAs, with Tier 2 being the less experienced ones, and Tier 1 being the ADAs with the most experience handling the more serious crime cases. The resolution raises the starting salary for an ADA, which is currently around $53,000 in Tier 2, to $63,500. They'd also receive a 2% raise annually and after 7 years would be making $72,000 and change. All raises within the system are pending good review. According to Legislative Chair Doherty, significantly larger Orange County starts its ADAs at $65,000, while Cattaraugus County which he says is the most comparable in size, crime, and budget to Sullivan County, starts its ADAs at 59000 As for the four ADAs in Tier 1, they'll now be making, from the top person down, 108006 102000 and there's two 90000 slots. The resolution also creates two stipends to be given at the discretion of the DA to an ADA for certain work, as well as two administrative assistant positions for the DA's office effective January 1, 2022. Doherty said the new legislation gives the DA the ability to be competitive and attractive to new hires while making the pay structure more flexible and properly adhering to the annual budget process, as taxpayers expect. He added that it does not take away from the DA's, quote, rightful ability to ask for more funding, including for higher raises in preparation of future county budgets. At the conclusion of Thursday's legislative meetings, Doherty noted that while he appreciates the DA's commitment to her people, she's not the only person in charge of an office. He said, quote, I think there's a lot of commissioners and directors in this county that work very hard, and they also take their work home and work until 7, 8 o'clock at night. I want to thank all of them as well. Her office is not the only office working hard in this county. 
Gallagher told the Democrat on Thursday, quote, while I am extremely concerned that an attempt to preclude me from participating in open public discussion was undertaken, I appreciate all the legislators who spoke up against that effort. I am pleased with the public and private support expressed to me by a majority of our legislature. Gallagher added that she's never asked for cost of living increases that are out of line with increases that are already routinely provided to similarly situated employees in other county offices. She said, quote, from time to time, our county manager recommends that non-union employees receive certain adjustments. The exclusion of positions in my office from those incremental increases over the past several years or more is exactly what got us into this position. We can do better, and beginning today, I am confident that most of our legislators are committed to doing just that. In other news, board members in the village of Monticello voted 4-1 to one last week to approve a local law to raise quarterly residential water and sewer rates. The rate increases were originally proposed to double, but were eventually scaled back before last Wednesday's meeting. The quarterly residential water rate will now increase from $52.25 to $82.28, and the quarterly sewer rate increased from $43.11 to $69.91. Village Mayor George Nicolatos was joined by trustees Michael Banks, Michelle Massey, and Charlie Sabatino voting in favor. Trustee Carmen Rue was opposed. Nicolatos explained that such increases are necessary to support infrastructure upgrades while some village residents said that the rate increases were too high for those on fixed incomes. Resident Ronald Moss said, quote, You see people walking in and out of the diner with holes in their shoes because they're dirt poor. How the hell do you think they're going to be able to afford this? I don't want to see this increase go through. Nicolato said there are new housing units being built and residential projects currently before the planning board that once complete will help pay into the water and sewer system. Resident Dan Entwistle said, quote, I think it's way too much for people who are paying taxes in this village. Nicolatos explained that there was $13 million loan and a $2 million grant for the sewer plant that began operations two years ago. The new water plant to be constructed is expected to cost around $12 million and the village has secured a $5.69 million grant. Roy Richardson of Barton and Logadice said, quote, There's a lot of free money that was handed to the village for some of these projects, referring to the more than $7 million in grant funding towards instruction improvements. Despite grant funding and low-interest loans, Richardson explained that there have been upgrades that were, quote, never transferred back to the public, such as the new water meters that were installed in recent years. The rates have always stayed the same, even though additional expenditures have happened, Richardson said. He explained how the costs of everything from construction materials to the chemicals used in the water and sewer treatment have also increased. He said, quote, sometimes it's out of sight and out of mind, but we just wanted to put out there what the village is doing. There's a lot of good things coming up. Richardson said that they are finalizing design plans to repair the Waverly Avenue Bridge. Richardson said the County Division of Public Works has the project scheduled for spring construction. As the Democrat reported in September, the Waverly Avenue Bridge has become significantly deteriorated. Richardson said, quote, it will be back to two lanes, one in each direction. It will be secured for the long haul and the county will pay for it. Furthermore, Richardson said construction on village water system upgrades will begin this spring. The East Dillon pump station will be upgraded and the Hospital Hill tank will be replaced. Construction on the village water plant is expected to begin in late summer or early fall in 2022. Richardson said, quote, There are positive things we're doing to improve the water and sewer infrastructure in the village. 
In other news, the county experienced large-scale flash flooding on Tuesday as a result of heavy rainfall that continued to accumulate until the late afternoon. According to Sullivan County Communications Director Dan Hoost, the county received three to seven inches of rain total during the 24-hour time period. He said, quote, for better or worse, we've gotten used to this kind of quick flooding, and our first responders, highway crews, and emergency officials are very experienced and well-trained in handling these kinds of storms. Many of them were out all night ensuring our safety. Who said there were no deaths or any injuries from the flooding, and most of the roads were reopened as of Wednesday morning. Hoost also reported that a state of emergency was declared in the towns of Calicoon, Delaware, and Rockland, and that flooding was the most severe in northern and western parts of the county where deep, narrow ravines channeled tremendous amounts of water into places like Livingston Manor and Jeffersonville. He said, quote, from a countywide perspective, we once again avoided catastrophe. In addition to the area's experience in flooding, the town of Calicoon also dealt with a water main break in Youngsville. According to Hoost, Governor Kathy Hochul included Sullivan County in her disaster declaration, although it is still being determined whether the county suffered enough damage to qualify for state or federal funding. To learn more about the storm, water rescues that took place, and the three townships that called for a state of emergency, check out the story on today's front page. Back in July, Mammoth Town Board voted to adopt a local law prohibiting on-site consumption of cannabis at licensed commercial facilities within town limits. In addition to five other statewide propositions on the ballot this year, Mammoth voters will have the option to vote yes or no on improving the town's local law to opt out of marijuana consumption sites. Proposition 6 on all mammocating ballots reads as follows. Shall the local law entitled opt out of allowing on-site cannabis consumption establishments, quote, which law would prohibit commercial on-site cannabis consumption facilities from locating in the town of mammocating, be improved and enacted into law? For more on that proposition, as well as the mammocating budget, check out today's newspaper. Staying on the topic of choices voters will soon be making, election day is this Tuesday. If you go to our website, scdemocratonline.com, and click on the banner labeled Election 2021, it will take you to a page with articles on contested supervisor races and candidate statements where the candidates get to speak directly to you about why you should vote for them. Stay tuned for election coverage in next Friday's edition, and until then, we hope everyone has a great weekend and heads to the polls on Tuesday.